0: Here we are on the More Math For More People podcast, and it's episode 13 of season two, and it's October 18th, 2022. Cheers. Hello everyone, I'm Misty. And I'm Joel. And this is the More Math for More People podcast, brought to you by CPM Educational Program.
1: On this podcast, we discuss the CPM curriculum, trends in math education, and share strategies to shift instructional practices to create a more inclusive and student-centered classroom.
0: We also highlight upcoming CPM professional learning opportunities and have conversations with math educators about how they do what they do.
1: And we always try to have a little bit of fun and laughter as well.
0: Indeed we do. So come and find out what shenanigans we're up to on this episode. Boom. Okay, Joel, here we are once again. What day is it today?
1: It is National Chocolate Cupcake Day.
0: National Chocolate Cupcake mm-hmm. Day. I'm excited about that actually. Yeah. I want gluten-free National cu- Chocolate Cupcakes. I bet so. you could get that. Probably. I don't think it doesn't say you can't have.
1: It has nothing to gluten do with gluten-free, them. that's true.
0: Oh, great, great. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Chocolate cupcakes.
1: Yeah. Mm. I, I like a good cupcake. Chocolate is actually not my favorite, but I'm willing to celebrate it on this day.
0: What? Wait, what flavor cupcake would you want?
1: I'd be more of a vanilla kind a vanilla? of person. Maybe, maybe a little cream cheese on top. Wait,
0: vanilla or... Wait, I don't think do they make vanilla cake? cake. Or is it <laughs> yeah. no, yellow cake? I don't think yellow yeah. cake is vanilla. Is yellow cake well, or is white cake vanilla?
1: Well, they say white cake or yellow <laughs> cake, so I don't think either are vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> but they have to have, to me, they taste like vanilla. I don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah, I understand that they are vanilla-like cakes, but uh, yeah. a vanilla cake is, mm-hmm. you know. not think they don't make very many uh, angel food cake cupcakes.
1: No, and that would be delicious. Oh. I'm glad you brought that we up. Like so I might too. try that. Yeah. I do make a lot of things in cupcake pans and things, like a quiche, little Quiche, but this oh, is not we're quiches. not talking about no no, no 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 we're, no, 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 no. About, we're not
0: talking about cupcake but we're talking about not muffin tins or anything we're mm. talking about national chocolate cupcake that's so right. here so here's the thing i think about cupcakes mm-hmm. i like cupcakes if they're moist uh, sometimes cupcakes get way like a little, too get dry. a little too much or they're maybe they're old i don't know <laughs> and they're a little too dry agreed but i like moist cupcakes also uh, one of my really good friends and i would always have a quite a debate about what is the appropriate amount of frosting to put on a cupcake
1: and what do you think for you
0: well she she always wanted there to be much more frosting on the cupcake like there was the ha- half of the cupcake and the frosting was the right ratio that she wanted so and i i usually wanted about half as much like <laughs> cut it in half amount of frosting so i would just take my extra frosting put it on my plate and she would take my extra frosting and put it on her cupcake well that's a nice that's a nice friendship (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i'm not i am not an excessive amount of frosting but i also unless the cupcake was really really moist i wouldn't want it without frosting Mm. because then it would just be like a weird muffin yeah
1: and it's not Muffin Day, it's Cupcake Day.
0: <laughs> no. So, yeah, a cupcake, I feel like, should come with frosting of some kind.
1: This uh, this says that uh, the first recipe in print for a cupcake was way back in 1796. It's
0: interesting. Interesting. They probably called it a receipt then.
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I,
0: that's just, that's, recipe is like a modern word. Receipt oh, is a word for, all right. for recipes in I didn't,
1: the I didn't know days. that either. And it also says that chocolate cures all. What?
0: Yep. Here's all. Yep. That is a grandiose. There's
1: countless research that's been conducted on this for the health (laughs) benefits of chocolate. (laughs) And it can lower your heart disease, improve your mental performance. Mm -hmm. So I say Mm -hmm. we need to get some chocolate cupcakes.
0: Okay. I think they should probably be dark chocolate cupcakes. Milk. Milk chocolate. Yeah. (laughs) No, dark, dark chocolate. It's way better. And no of those little crunchy sprinkles or anything on the top. I don't mind that. No no sprinkles. Just some nice, kind of fresh, not crusted over frosting on a delicious cupcake. That sounds delicious. All right. Well, we can go make some right now.
1: I think we we should. And and I'm going to make them because it's also my sister's birthday. So happy birthday, Brittany.
0: Yay. (laughs) Happy birthday, Brittany. (laughs)
1: Our National Teacher Conference for CPM is coming up in February 24th to the 26th. And last episode, we heard of some of our pre-conference sessions, and we'd like to share a little bit more about those pre-conference sessions. So we have a couple more elevator talks, followed up by a conversation about the Building Thinking Classrooms pre-conference session. So we hope you enjoy. Register early by November 15th to get your pre-conference discount, and we hope to see you there.
2: Hello, my name is Tom Strickland, and this coming February, I will be the presenter for CPM's Natural Teacher Conference pre-conference session on leadership support for implementation. I'm really excited about what we are planning for the day. We're going to start with the research behind the best practices or the uh, pillars of CPM. We're going to look at what, what we know about collaboration, mixed-based practice, problem-based learning, and why that is what our kids need. Really excited about that. And then from a leadership perspective, we're gonna start pulling that apart. What does it look like in the classroom? Uh, what do we wanna see kids doing when they collaborate? What does problem-based learning feel and sound like when kids are in a class working collaboratively? I and mean, then how does mixed-based practice work in that, that system? As leaders, we're gonna talk about our role. Our role is critical. Um, we work to develop the capacity in our teachers and to help them along the journey. We know that mastery takes time, effort, and support. And so we are excited to grow in our understanding of the role we play as leaders in supporting our teachers on this journey of instructional growth. So uh, we hope to see you there. Have a great day.
3: Are you looking for support on which study team and teaching strategy to use? How about more about how to deliver authentic assessments? I'm Becky Saunders, and we'll be co-leading Foundations for Implementation Day 5. Come join us as we dive into the STTSs, identify purposeful teacher actions to support common struggles, collaborate with other teachers to enhance a selected lesson, and take a look at authentic assessments. Together, we will celebrate our successes as educators.
0: All right. So we're here today with Abby Bates and Eric Viaseo. They are teachers at Bear Creek High School in the Lodi Unified School District, but they tell me it's important to point out that they're in Stockton. So (laughs) uh, teaching students from Stockton. So welcome, Eric and Abby, to the podcast. Yeah, welcome.
4: Good morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah, good morning. (laughs)
0: So we're having um, Abby and Eric on the podcast today because they are going to facilitate a pre-conference session for us um, at the teacher conference in February. And it's going to be about bringing the building thinking classrooms elements that uh, Peter Lilidahl has written about into a CPM classroom. And so we're really excited about this session. So we wanted to have them come on today and talk a little bit about building thinking classrooms, what they've done, and a little bit about their pre-conference session. So why don't we start off with, tell us a little bit about you know give us the kind of like the you could give us the elevator talk slightly extended elevator talk maybe of um, what is building thinking
4: classrooms all about?
0: Do you want me to go? You're <laughs> gonna have to nose goes you know
4: you <laughs> right. True, yeah. Well, Abby, how about you go since you, I know you're okay. you're the one who interested to me first. So okay, you I will give you that pitch. Yeah.
3: So Building Thinking Classrooms is a framework um, based on research from Peter Lillydal, and he has a book out, uh, but the research has been around for even years before that. Um, I'd heard bits and pieces um, for quite a while before he had his book out. But the basic idea is that he has 14 practices, which might sound a little overwhelming, but he breaks it down into very manageable chunks, things that you can do in your classroom to help students think. He was going into classrooms and seeing a lot of students, he calls it studenting. uh, So like doing (laughs) student behaviors, copying what the teacher writes, and then maybe trying some stuff on their own. But not a lot of students were actually thinking in depth. And so this framework just helps um, students to really think on their own instead of what we might like to call the um, helpless hand raisers um, and waiting on the teacher. And so we've seen great improvement in our classrooms. Some of the biggest things I think you'll see are um, students out of their seats working on whiteboards or other, he calls it vertical non-permanent surfaces. So things that are erasable, whiteboards, chalkboards, windows, uh, plexiglass from COVID. That's another good one. Uh, And so they're writing um, in groups of three um, on the boards. So working collaboratively. So those are probably the biggest visual changes. And then there's a lot of subtle things that come after that. That might've been a one minute not a 30-second, sorry. I, I did say it was an
0: ex, it could be an extended, but <laughs> it's so really fine. So how, so how long have each of you been implementing these elements into – I mean, how long have you taught CPM, and then how long have you been doing building the classrooms elements with CPM?
4: Yeah, so uh, Lodot Unified, I think, adopted CPM, I want to say 2014, I 14, think. 14, I think. Yeah, yeah, 14. So we've been doing that since 2014, so it's like eight years mm-hmm. now. We went through all kind of that growing uh, through CPM because we had, you know, we had a lot of traditional teaching before that. So we had a lot of growing and then pandemic hit. And then that's kind of when I'm not sure, like Abby mentioned, she read it earlier, but when we were coming back um, and that was uh, spring of 2021, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of that thing of, you know, for me, that what sold it a lot to me was this idea of kids just weren't talking to each other, right? They lost all that through the pandemic. And so Abby said like, hey, let's get these kids out of their seats, Like, here's this framework, you know, it's not like you try to do it. And it was just different for them. I think that's what they need. They kind of need that shock of like, okay, like I'm so worried about everything. And so we yeah since then and yeah we we made a big whole production of it you know i i because i really wanted to like we're in a big transition where like our department at bear creek we had five people leaving at this time so what what was that april so we already knew people were leaving so we had to like well how do i do this and then abby and i you know have a big heart to change our school district's like kind of view on mathematics and just like that everyone can i know that's one big thing of like cpm's a strong pillar right like it's Mm -hmm. you know, everyone can do mathematics and but you know we had to change a lot of people's opinion at our school so even other math teachers, right? So we mm-hmm. kind of made a big production and, you know, like, well, how do we do this with COVID? So we actually found all these whiteboards and went outside, you know, I had my principal, like four principal or admin come, you know, so we made this big mm-hmm. thing and, and then I was just hooked. It was, it was just kind of, it was just that kind of thing of, wow, like they're, they're actually talking to each other. And I don't get, I'm not sure if it was just because for a whole month they weren't talking to each other. And then, a oh, wow, this medium talked and like, oh, wow, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> But you know that was kind of more the the rocky part because we're still like Abby mentioned we're using the plexiglass shields you know trying to do everything (laughs) here you know we have uh, photos you know if you come to the the session of us just like kids on desk on easels you know just us trying to get kids up and moving so yeah that's when it started and then and then Abby actually came to my site she wasn't she was like math coach at the time and then she came at the start of 2021 and 22 and that's kind of like when we really said okay let's explore this for a whole year.
1: And we're, and uh, you mentioned like your whole math department. Did the whole math department explore it for a year or did you kind of, were you the one exploring?
4: So I, I, so I became the department chair. So that's, it was very, very, very strategic um in all my <laughs> thinking of doing this. So, you know, I had, I think I had eight out of the 13 come see that first showing and have mm. conversations and talking. We started a book club after that, going through uh Peter's book. You know, we went like five chapters in as a group. And then I think the second year too, you know, we're all trying to come back. C- you know, kids are still worried about like talking to each other that fall. And I think we had a few people jump in.
3: Yeah, everyone had a, uh, everyone had um, agreed at least the first week to do a week of non-curricular tasks. Um, so we use some like tasks from like Ucube, like Joe Bowler. We pulled some from, uh, you know, chapter one of CPM, right? Because there's already mm-hmm. like some good team building. So we kind of pulled from different places so we could fill... Um, the whole week. And so that was great that our department at least agreed on that. And then I'd say, yeah, we're kind of hit and miss this year. We have compared to last year, I think we have even more people implementing thinking classrooms principles. And we actually just ordered a bunch more white books so that because more teachers were interested Mm -hmm. in, oh, I I think I would do that if I had whiteboards. And so (laughs) Eric's like, okay, let's spend all the money go like, because we have department funds. And so we're just using it for that. So I think that'll help too. My own experience with BTC has been kind of spread out. Um, I, when I was I was an instructional coach for five years, and so during that time I was supporting teachers that had CPM, um, and I've also taught Connected Math uh, when I I used to teach middle school, and so that was you know similar vein <laughs> to CPM mm-hmm. as far as exploratory investigative learning, which was great. And then at some conference I'd heard a guy talk about I think it was NCSM. I'd heard a guy talk about random groups based on mm-hmm. Peter's research, and he said he had random groups every day, and I was like. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I just thought it was ridiculous <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. time, because this was, I don't even know how many years ago now, a long mm-hmm. time ago. Um, but then I went back to my classroom, because I was still in the classroom then. And it was like, okay, well, I, I can't do every day, because that just seems like too much. But I just mm-hmm. did once a week. And I just saw huge improvement in student collaboration. And I wasn't even doing vertical, like kids weren't even standing at that point, I was doing mm-hmm. seated group work. Um, but still huge difference in kids getting Mm -hmm. to know each other and working being willing to work together um so that was kind of the first i'd heard of it and so then since then i had been hearing different bits and pieces and it goes well with other research on like complex instruction and the five math practices is another great book peter references that as well so anyway so then i guess fully um eric and i started fully implementing together last year in 2021 so this is really Mm -hmm. our second full year with like everything (laughs) which is a little crazy so there's definitely teachers out there who've been doing it longer especially up in canada where Mm -hmm. peter is so great information out there.
0: Totally. I think that that's the thing that talking with teachers who are using them and then having read that part of the book and everything the visible random teams changing teams every day when someone first said, "Oh yeah, this is what." It, and I was like, "What? That just <laughs> sounds crazy." Like, yeah. How can, that's, I think that's the thing I've changed my mind about the most after here. I mean, I haven't done it myself. haven't been in back in the classroom, but like to hearing what everyone says about it and then like, oh, that does make sense. Like it, it makes sense that kids would get to know each other faster. They would, mm-hmm. oh, for whatever reason, I'm, I get to be with my friends today. Great. It, but it's just for today. I get to, oh, I don't really like this person, but it's just for today. And, and there's never any of that sort of like, oh, great. We get the smart one for this whole chapter or, you know, whatever, any of those things that mm-hmm. can crop up and it changed my mind a lot after hearing teachers talk about how mm-hmm. it really works and reading mm-hmm. what Peter wrote. Helps voted.
3: break down some of the social barriers, um, too, mm-hmm. and um, like issues of status in the classroom. So yeah. like the smart kid or the whatever mm-hmm. kid right. like. Um, and then CPM and Peter's uh, description of thinking tasks both do a good job of inviting in students of um, all different backgrounds. Right. Mm-hmm. And so by like lowering the floor, you're providing access for students who think differently, too, than mm-hmm. maybe not weren't successful in a more traditional classroom. So I love being able to highlight students who like think about a problem in a unique way who have traditionally thought themselves as bad at math. And so that's been one of my favorite things (laughs) I think to see, especially with the random groups, like you can really Mm -hmm. point out to kids who always thought they were the best quote quote, unquote (laughs) at math and pointing out that, no, we all have strengths in math. It's just, they're different.
1: Sure. And so, and you, you mentioned then you're connecting this research and this, and this type of teaching to Specifically to CPM classroom. So what, what pops out there?
4: Well, if I, if I get your question, um, or how I interpret your question, I should say is, it's it's actually a lot easier, um, than that, you know, um, that's the great thing about CPM. They have those really big, big problems, you know, that kind of go to span the whole chapter or even just, you know, like before we're, you know, we're doing integrated one. And so we just did the the chicken farm Mm. (laughs) problem. Oh, they got the chicken. How old was it? Is it? So that's a great problem that we don't have to spend time like, imagining and creating. I think that's where we hear a lot from mm-hmm. our coworkers or from yeah. uh, people at conferences is like, how do I create these big problems that, <laughs> you know, that have very low floor and high ceiling and, and CPM does that really well. Mm-hmm. You know, so that part's been real easy. Yeah,
0: That's one of the things that I think is so interesting when you were talking about a little bit earlier, I think Abby, and then with Peter's book is that we, we, we really train kids to not think schools we train them to sit still we train them to listen to the teacher to and then we're like okay now talk now do all the things (laughs) and why would i do that now i've just been sitting here that we really get them into that place where it is hard for them to feel that that's normal and i like some of the things i've heard peter say about He just sort of like took whatever was happening let's like let's just try the opposite of that
3: (laughs) 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 and see what happens you know yeah, that's how I came up with a lot of it.
0: Yeah, a lot of times it was like, oh, this actually worked really well. How can we, how can we do it more? Yeah. So and and make it useful, right? I mean, it's there's so many places I think where teachers are like, we still want to have some direction and some structure in some places, so that you know we can feel like we're managing what's happening and not you know getting too overwhelmed with all. Yeah. The bits.
3: That's another great thing about CPM and thinking classrooms together is that. CPM has that structure, like Eric was mentioning, and like those rich Mm -hmm. problems. Mm -hmm. Like, we already have thinking tasks. Like you mentioned, making it accessible for teachers. Like a lot of teachers are already familiar with other strategies out there, like notice and wonder, or the three reads, some of the math language routines. Those are very easily adaptable. Like we actually did the three reads routine with the chicken problem for math one. That's Mm -hmm. how we introduced it. And if you've read the book, Peter recommends um, giving problems verbally, which is Mm -hmm. really strange until you like read the chapter and you're like, oh, that kind of makes sense. And so that's generally how will any of the story problems, which is most of CPM, use Using like practices that we already are familiar with is also Mm -hmm. really nice. Um, We do a lot of notice and wonder too, like anytime we have a table or a graph, um, especially like, you know, math one, two, and three. And actually there's quite a few, I think in the middle school texts as well Mm. um, of CPM that it's really nice to just take those out and put it up on the screen and kids can notice and wonder it creates that low floor, high ceiling before you present like the math task. So I love that too
0: shift gears a little bit and talk about the pre-conference session. So what are some of the things that you ha- are beginning to plan and you're just beginning to plan it? What are some of the things that you're thinking about doing that day with participants? Uh,
4: so far, yeah, we, we've been kind of starting to think about just the, you know, the first, I forget what they call, what Peter calls them. He He's like a groups of practices. So Abby, if you remember what they call- Like
0: toolkits? Is that what he calls yeah, it? toolkits. Mm-hmm.
4: You know, so we want to kind of start with that toolkit component just to kind of show where we've gone and that. So kind of like a, a rehashment of a little bit of what we did last year to kind of like get people in the mindset because we're not sure. As you said, like, it's a wide range where right? we had people who've been going to everything in classroom Session at every conference mm-hmm. they've gone to, and we have people like, "Oh, this is brand new." So we're trying to think of like, a, a good kind of entry, so everyone can be on the same page." And then the thing we want to talk more is kind of like some workshops in a sense, right? Like, you know, we have all the different levels. Uh, currently, Abby and I have had experience with CC3, uh, the eighth grade mm-hmm. textbook. I integrate one and integrate three. That's kind of what we've been taught these last two years. And so we really want to get people into groups and say, "Okay, well, let's have you look at a lesson that you're going to do, maybe." in March or in April. And let's actually have you kind of, how would you tweak some of these things to get there, right? How would you intro mm-hmm. it in with one of the core lessons for nose and wonder? And then let kids, uh, students go and work on it. And then, you know, that's kind of the big part. Cause I think that's, when we talk to our other coworkers here, that's the thing of like, how do I, you know, I'm used to this one way.
2: Mm-hmm. I
4: really wish I got some practice before I go live. And then, you know, one thing we're hoping to right? hopefully we have a lot of people who are, are willing to like, you know, have that teacher-student mindset switching, you know, like, oh, let's have people present to different classes. Like, okay, I'm teaching in a grade two. Will you be the fake students so I can actually see how this is working? Because another thing we really want to focus on is questioning. That's like a big uh, practice in there is how do we ask questions to get students thinking? Because we're Mm -hmm. so used and so trained as teachers, like we want to help our students. We really (laughs) want to. And so, is this right, Mr. V.? <laughs> uh, you know, like it's easy to say yes and move on, but then I shut them down, okay. right? Thinking wise. Mm-hmm. And and my favorite one to do, especially, is like when kids students are right, right? They're so trained that if you ask a question that they're automatically wrong. So it's it's so fun <laughs> to kind of yeah. work on that. But um, I think those are kind of the big components because we really want to make sure when people come, right? We want, you know, when we go to sessions, we want something we could take away. We have something mm-hmm. to do the next week or the next day. And I think having people develop a lesson plan or two, you know, maybe even a chapter if we go crazy, right? <laughs> we won't go that crazy, Abby, don't worry. But just to have that idea of like, okay, well, here's where we're going. Here's how we can do this. And how can we have that so that, that teachers have confidence going in, like I said, the next week or so actually trying this out, right? Intro into it and then kind of give lots of time to help you take a, a CPM problem and turn into a thinking activity and then more so that is the developing those questions. Like we really do like the pocket questions that CP mm-hmm. has. And so we want to kind of take those and help you to kind of develop that next one and even kind of helping teachers start thinking too, okay, well, what if that you have that advanced student in your class or that group that's really working well? What, what questions can you ask them to keep mm-hmm. going, um, to keep that high ceiling going? Is there anything you want to add, Abby? To
3: um, I think you covered most of it. I mean, I might say we're, in general we're going to have teachers – overall we're going to have teachers experience what it's like because that's always the best way to learn something new right is to not get talked at about it but to experience it and so we have um, a couple of tasks planned already that um, teachers are going to participate in and then of course we'll debrief like from both points of view right like what was this like from the student point of view what was this like from the teacher point of view Um, and then we can talk about some of the nuances of the teacher part it's also a great way to um I don't want to give away too much, but we'll definitely do some like reflection <laughs> afterwards about um, some of the teacher moves that are happened that like Eric and I were doing mm-hmm. during the task, And yeah. So I think, I think like er- Eric summed up most of it really well though. So yeah, we've got a couple activities planned already and then we're going to come up with a few more. So
1: that sounds like a really great session.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like what you're saying is that, you know, people who are coming can be fairly new to building thinking classrooms mm-hmm. and not maybe at the zero level, like I don't know, even know what it is, and would still gain. And people yes. who have read the book and have done some things and stuff would also still gain from yeah. what's happening.
3: Yeah, anyone who's interested in combining, I think CPM or, or I have seen a lot of features. So I help run the Building Thinking Classrooms Facebook group. So mm-hmm. if people are not a member of that, please come join us. Uh, the Twitter community is also great. If you use the hashtag Thinking Classrooms. There's a lot of great stuff on Twitter as well. Uh, But a lot of people post in the Facebook group about, oh, I don't know how to like work with my curriculum. So that's like the whole focus of our pre-conference session is to utilize our text that is so great of CPM. um, And then how do we just make little tweaks here and there to utilize it best for BTC, so...
4: And I wanted to touch base, kind of, Misty, as you said, right? As you, you know, and I think that's really the best part here. Like, you, you set us up well. I think that's what's best about building classroom is that we get so many good setups, and then we just have to learn to take those opportunities. But you're right. Like, we we'll have people who don't know anything about building things classroom. We have people who are probably better at it than Abby and I are. But then we're to put them in random. We're gonna put them in random groups, and then mm-hmm. like that's that's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. Like, like how how do yeah. you build something that can cater to all your students? And it's like, and I think that's a best thing that would hopefully help people see like it really will cater to that huge huge spectrum
0: nice well we sure appreciate you coming on the podcast today and talking about building thinking classrooms and your pre-conference session and the is still open people can go and get registered and hopefully uh hopefully we're i mean we're gonna have some really great pre-conference sessions that day so i'm pretty excited about all of them but this one in particular i think will be really fun so we're excited
3: too excellent
0: <laughs> thanks So that's a wrap for this episode of the More Math for More People podcast.
1: For more information and to stay connected, you can find CPM on both Twitter and Facebook.
0: The music for the podcast was created by Julius H. and can be found on pixabay.com. Join us for the next episode of More Math for More People. What day will that be, Joel?
1: It'll be November 1st, and it's going to be Prime Meridian Day. And it's so interesting, for whatever reason, we chose right there, and Zero Degrees is where we designated that in Great Britain. It was established by the Royal Observatory in, in Greenwich there, and it's just so fascinating to me to think about. We had to pick a spot to navigate and things like that, which to the International date Line, which always tricks me if I'm traveling that way, that you leave on a day, you come back on we'll be able to talk about Prime Meridian Day and and the significance and just all the things around why they chose November.